Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today, our instruction is coming from Psalms, the 40th chapter, and we're going to read from about the sixth verse. If you have the KJV version, one, two, three, let's go. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. My ears hast thou opened, but burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God. Yeah. Thy law is within my heart. Somebody say amen. So the psalmist here gives us a very prophetic utterance. A very prophetic utterance. And the depth of this interpretation can mostly be understood by the men within the language in which it was spoken or originally written. Those of us who have taken some time to study Jewish thought, within the language, there's a term they call home penetration. Home penetration is the place within scripture where one idea or concept is given to an individual within a specific circumstance in a particular narrative, but also is extended to another individual, again, in a different context, in a different narrative, in a different state. So you find that some of the things that are written within the Old Testament, many of them are sort of prophetic utterances of a fulfillment that is yet to come in the New Testament, yet they were applicable in the time when they were given within the setting and narrative where the psalmist said those words. Are you following? And so, as it is written here, the Bible says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It says it is written of me. The psalmist gives it as a reality of truth in his narrative. But it is also true in the narrative of the Christ. And this is the very voice of God speaking. Even in the New Testament, Lo, I come 
in the volume of the book, for it is written of me. Hebrews 10, 7. He says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. It comes back in the New Testament in a different circumstance, different covenant, different narrative, but as a fulfillment of a word that was spoken through the psalmist many, many centuries before. Perhaps he did not know what this would imply in the years to come, but it had a ripple effect in the years to come. And as we see it also spoken of the Christ in the New Testament dispensation, that is the power of the word and the term compenetration, the extension of the words of God with one meaning in one sense and with another interpretation in another sense but spoken by the same God, depending on which circumstance these words are spoken of. But even deeper, we see that a man lived on the earth, but before he lived in the flesh, a lot was spoken and written of him. The Bible tells us in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was within them did signify when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow after. You see, that the prophets of old were prophesying about Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, what that signified and they received the testimony of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow after. But every time they press in to inquire of God what this means, the Lord revealed it to them in verse 12, that not unto them they did minister these things, but unto us, you and I, they did minister these things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the Bible says the angels desire to look into. Even the angels have not fully understood these mysteries. They desire to look into the things the prophets saw. They are amazing in their demystification because they are a fulfillment in our time. They are ministry to us. So a prophet spoke things and he did not know why he was speaking them, nor to whom they were speaking to. But first and foremost, in 2022, God reveals to you in the New Testament that these things were ministry to you. These words were spoken to you and they were spoken of you, but they could not receive it then because it was not for them to receive. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? And that's why the Bible says, wherefore, guard up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Guard yourselves. Guard the loins of your mind and be sober and hope. Believe, stand with the expectation of the grace that will be given to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what he's saying. So these guys receive prophetic words concerning your life. 
And it is revealed that it's not for them, but it is for you that they are ministering to and about. Are you following what I'm saying? And these are the things the angels desire to look into. So when Peter sees these things, he says, you know what? Guard up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end because as you understand these things, the Bible says that there is grace that is going to be given to you. Grace will be given you at the revelation of this Christ. Because every time Christ is spoken of, they're not just talking about the individual. They're talking about a covenant. They're talking about a realm. They're talking about a transition of human history. They're talking about the new birth. Not born of flesh, blood, no will of man, but of God. And he says, if you understand what these people saw concerning the spirit of Christ and the sufferings of the Christ and the glory that should come. If you can understand the revelation of the things that they saw, you realize that these things were spoken to you of ministry, but there are things in there that are spoken that are also spoken about you. But he says, but you cannot connect to the grace of those things spoken. It cannot be brought to you until the revelation of Christ is in your spirit. Who is following what I'm saying? So like it is written of Jesus. It is also written of you. Like it is spoken of Jesus. It is also spoken of you. Nothing that happens when you look at the New Testament that was not spoken of already. Everything in the New Testament was spoken of by the prophets, either in their interpretation, directly as they understood things in their own setting, <laughs> or some even had no bearing with where they were speaking from. But anyway, whatever utterance came out of them has been fulfilled in the New Testament. Now, recently I took a deep study on understanding the reality one great mystery that every man living in the New Testament dispensation is living in the realm of fulfillment. Somebody shout hallelujah. Is living in the realm of fulfillment. The Bible says that even though they had these testimonies, had promises, but the Bible says, but their testimony would not be full apart from us. It's in Hebrews. He tells us that all these wonderful Ezekiels, Isaiahs, the Elijahs, Elishas, the Ruths, the Naomi's, all of these people, much as they had all these wondrous works of God, the Bible says that they did not obtain or receive the promise, which is the person of the Holy Spirit. They did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, came with something better for us that they the bible says without us should not be made perfect so the new testament believer lives a life of fulfillment of whatever has been spoken or written hallelujah tap somebody and tell them i live in the fulfillment so i started to look at the things that were done before the new testament even to the last dot before the death and resurrection of Jesus, 
Everything was spoken of. Let us look at Jesus firstly as a man to come from Genesis. The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the word of the serpent. Now as Jesus, he's spoken of in Ezekiel. He's spoken of in Isaiah. He's spoken of in Jeremiah. In Isaiah, they even speak about the crucifixion. They did esteem him smite and, and striken of God. There was nothing beautiful to see of him. He bore our sins. Isaiah sees everything. But according to scripture, Isaiah did not carry the full revelation, even though he spoke the things that he saw. By his stripes you were healed. Bible speaks in the Old Testament, out of the root of Jesse shall spring forth. Out of David shall come a savior. And you see everything spoken in every book, right from Genesis all through to Exodus, all through to the last prophets into the New Testament, Jesus is spoken of. And so when he comes in the New Testament, he comes in the volume of the book where it is written of him. He comes to fulfill the will of the Father as it is written of him. Who understands what I just said? Everything that happened to Jesus Christ, whether advantageous or not, whether progressive or as it was in some eyes, regressive, all of that was a perfect plan of God. Look at the rendering of scripture. The Bible doesn't say that the life of the Son of God was taken. No, the Bible says that the Son of God gave his life. It could not be taken. That means that the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the Essens, the whole mad group and crazy folk that came to beat him and crucify him, that whole process was all patterned by God. There was no mistake. It was all written up for. It wasn't a surprise. Somebody shout hallelujah. But therein also is a revelation of the heart of God when such tests and trials come. From the time he's at supper with them and he says, you know, a man is about to sell me out. Somebody's about to hand me over. All of that was prophesied before. Recently, I took time to study the prophecies that are spoken of in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New, each one individually, beyond even what we see through Christ, but through all of these individuals, some of which are hidden. I'll give you an example. There's this guy called Judas Iscariot. You remember Judas Iscariot? One of the disciples of Jesus Christ. And he is said to have betrayed our Lord Jesus. But Zechariah saw it. In Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12, the Bible says that, and I said unto them, now this is Zechariah, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the porter, a goodly price that I was prized out of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the porter 
in the house of the Lord. Let me explain what happened. Zechariah is walking in the spirit. And then he is thrown in a time to come and he sees a vision of a man negotiating with another group of people on a certain transaction. Zechariah, about five centuries before Jesus comes, 6 BC. So he has a vision and he falls in the middle of a transaction. And in this transaction, he sees a spirit in a man narrating the transaction. And this spirit is saying, he was asking of what price they might give him. And if not, he was not going to do their deal. And so they weighed of the price and offered him 30 pieces of silver. Underline 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto the man, cast it unto the potter. So God leads this very man who is narrating his own story through some spirit to cast that money to the potter. And the goodly price was priced of them. And he took those 30 pieces of silver, cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. We get to Matthew. And Jesus bids Judas farewell and tell him, you know, go and do. Eat hustly what you're supposed to do. And in Matthew chapter 26, verses 14, the Bible says, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him to you. Same transaction. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver and from the time he sought opportunity to betray who? Jesus. So this man has come in the volume of something that was written of him and it's almost as though he has no choice but to respond to some power almost bigger and beyond his way to tame his flesh, his lusts, his convictions. He finds himself speaking as the very spirit which Zechariah met five centuries ago. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible tells us there were 30 silver coins. And we even go further than that in Exodus, the 21st chapter, the 32nd verse. And then we understand what 30 silver coins means. And in Exodus, the Bible says, if the ox pushes or gores a man servant or maid servant, the owner shall give to their master 30 shekels of silver and the ox shall be stoned. Remember, it's 30 shekels or cents of silver, coins of silver. There's a reason why it's silver, not gold, not bronze, not copper, but silver. Now, if we go back to Exodus, our law was given, but it was also a precursor of something that should happen many years ago. But even those that were speaking that law, they did not know the implication of what that word meant a few centuries to come. And he says that if an ox goes or knocks or pushes a maid servant, uh, male or female, maid or man servant of a certain fellow uh, and he's wounded or he dies, so the owner of that ox is supposed to what? to pay 30 pieces of silver to the owner of his what? This servant. 
and immediately the Bible says that very ox shall be stoned. But if you read in the verses before, you will realize that this was not an ox that had done it once. It's almost as though that the owner of this ox knew that it knocks people. It kept doing it many times. And this time when it hits another man's servant, he is to pay for that servant uh, 30 silver uh, coins. And then eventually that ox is supposed to what? To be what? Stone. Now, figurative, allegory. You start to see that in this figure of speech, it's almost as though Judas Iscariot is a fellow in charge <laughs> of a certain word. Ox. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. So Jesus in this picture looks like an ox. But again, one time when he's entering Jerusalem, he comes on a what? A donkey. A beast of burden. Somebody shout hallelujah. And there's a transaction of 30 pieces of silver. There's a transaction of 30 pieces of silver. And then we see the horse being what? Stoned or beaten to what? To death. And all of that is a picture of sort. Speaking of a time to come. Written to serve a certain law in their time. And many of them perhaps ended at that law. But God was speaking so deep. In fact... When you look at these people paying 30 silver coins, it only tells you what they looked at Jesus as, what they saw him as. Are you following what I'm saying? It tells us what they saw Jesus as. At one point, we see him being paid for by Israel to Judas. And at another time, we also see Judas taking back that money as though he's trying to buy back the same ox. At one point, it's as if owned by the Pharisees. And at one point, this ox also sometimes seems like it's owned by Judas because somebody's buying back and paying to and fro. Somebody shout hallelujah. When we go to Matthew 27, verses 3, the Bible says when Judas had betrayed Jesus, he saw that he was condemned, now in the next chapter, and what? repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. This is a man trying to possess back what he had sold. You see, so this man, Jesus Christ, at one particular point was transacted. His guilt is saying, have back your money. And his heart is, have back the money, release the fellow. Because he had been smitten in his heart on what he had done, Jesus. He's treaded by those who love him when they realized that they had betrayed him and is treaded by those who hate him because it's the only way they can stone him. <laughs> Selah. Anyway, and the Bible tells us he gave those 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood and they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And then, when they refuse the money, the Bible says he stillfully casts the pieces of silver into the temple and then departs and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and said, listen, it is not lawful to put blood money in the treasury because it is the price of blood. There's some wisdom there. Those of you receive every kind of money. 
And the Bible says, and they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field. Can we go back to Zechariah? They brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers therein. Wherefore the field was called the field of blood unto this day. I believe where Judas was buried. Now, let's go back to Zechariah, verses 13, chapter 11. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the, the potter a goodly price. And I was praised of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Now, again, when we see in Matthew, they get the very money of Judas which he has brought to transact and buy back his master. And they cannot take it because it's blood money. And eventually they buy a field. They took counsel and brought with them a field. And that field was called a potter's field. They called it the blood field. Are you following what I'm saying? These people are taking counsel between each other, but they do not know that it is already written of them. These people are taking counsel to make decisions. They think at that particular point their minds are working. They are functional. They are mature people making their own decisions. But by divine wisdom, it is a very old vision. They are all playing in one line of things. And there's a grand story and testimony in the fulfillment of this. This is how you know that Jesus' life was not taken. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is how you know that Jesus' life was not taken. So if Zechariah could pick such a detail and speak it, and then a boy is born and he's living according to a prophecy that was written or spoken about him, and he never knew it, but he fulfills everything, and Pharisees are born and Sadducees are born, and they're all fulfilling something that they think is within their control, and yet they have no control over it because something was written and spoken of all, they just had to come and perform and fulfill it. That is why Jesus says that we err, not knowing the scriptures, nor their power. Some of you, these things you're reading, you read them like you're reading an article from Facebook or a story from Instagram. These things that are written in scripture are way more powerful than you think or imagine. One day, <laughs> the Lord was talking to me about how lost even those which are present within the predictable sense of service and ministry can be. And he started to show me how easy a person can come to church, give, serve, but when they're lost. And he said to me that a man can never truly find themselves until they can find themselves in me. He showed me a vision of men and women which were alienated from the life that he has given us through Christ. That even when they are reading the Bible, they see themselves besides whatever is written. And they're trying to connect to whatever is written as some foreign sense of thing. They're trying to reach out to get a hold of what they don't see themselves in. 
And the Lord told me, it doesn't matter how straight and in order this person is, they're really lost if they've not found themselves within the glories of his word. Judas was somewhere in scripture, but he never knew that he was somewhere in scripture. The psalmist at one particular point also bumps into that. I think it's in 41 somewhere where he says, my friend and my companion, the one which ate my bread lifted his heel against me. Okay, maybe the psalmist at that particular point was talking about his friend who betrayed him and he ate bread or broke bread with him. But remember that the betrayal of the Christ was after the breaking of what? Bread. Ha. Huh. So even the psalmist saw it. But at that particular point, it did not make sense. If you study Jeremiah, Jeremiah saw Judas' betrayal too. But I believe every time they went to seek God and search out what this meant, the Lord told them it's not for you. So it stayed somewhere for a fulfillment one day in 2022. And that one day, God knew that you'll come on a Thursday evening and get a fulfillment of understanding, get the revelation of what God was talking about. And in there with the hope that some grace is going to come to you as you go deeper to understand what I'm preaching tonight. Look at John the Baptist. John comes in the spirit of Elijah. Then the Bible says so. So John is born like any other person. Chapter 6. And the Bible tells us that he was a normal man. He lived a normal life, born by a woman like everyone. But from his mother's womb, some spirit settled on this fellow. And he did not know. Somebody shout hallelujah. He did not know. In Luke, the Bible says in chapter 1 verse 17, he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of fathers to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared of him. Now, in this he's saying, when John was born, there was a spirit of Elijah that comes upon him. And what was the spirit of Elijah? To turn the hearts of fathers to what? To sons. And to turn the hearts of sons to what? To fathers. Zechariah saw it too. Zechariah said that I shall come. I think Malachi, sorry. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to children and the heart of the children to the fathers. Least I what? I put a curse on the earth. Malachi saw it. But he didn't know what he was seeing. And that fulfillment comes through John and he also comes in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers. Whoever knew that beyond this prophet who is killing Baal, there was an assignment in him to turn the hearts of fathers to children. If you understand the mandate of Elijah, it is deeper than burning prophets and, and running faster than horses and separating the Jordan River and going on, a, on, 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 on horses with flames. It's, it's more than that. The spirit of Elijah was turning the hearts of fathers to sons. When we're talking about the fathering spirit, you study Elijah as a spirit of fatherhood. It's amazing the things you'll see. Because many people see the signs and wonders on Elijah, but many of them never understand his mandate. God brings that man back as John. And so John lives a normal life, but little does he know that he is coming after some old prophecy in Malachi to be fulfilled through him. Now, some of you should understand how God works. Was it possible for John to die of a flu? 
Slap somebody. Was it possible for COVID to kill John? Let's just say COVID came in John's day. Was it possible for John? Because the thing speaking on John's life, the altar that John carries is older than his physical existence. This, the Bible says, the zeal of the Lord performs. And I'm going deeper. I am going deeper. Don't think I've yet started. I'm just about to start. Some of you should understand where you, you should find yourself first and understand what can kill you and what can't kill you. Some of you should find yourself first and understand who you're above and who is above. Oh my goodness. You lose peace because you don't know who you are. You don't know what is written of you. You don't know what was said of you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Isaiah is in the spirit. Now I'm talking about us. Chapter 2 verses 3. And then he sees a future. And then he says, And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the, of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God is speaking about a time when he will come and people will call each other and say, let's go to the mount of the Lord. Let's go to the realm of Zion. Zion is a realm. It's a place. He are come unto Zion, the city of God. Paul sees it, the, seat, the company of innumerable angels to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the, the, where the spirits of just men are made perfect. Paul saw and understood what Isaiah saw was to come. But anyway, I'm going deeper here. He says that, the, the, let us go to the house of the Lord, the God of Jacob, and God shows us a time where he himself will teach them his ways. He will teach them his ways. And they will walk in his paths. And out of Zion, the Bible says, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Fast forward. Jesus appears. In John chapter 6, verses 44. He says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw them. How are they drawn? Through the spirits that are inviting them to go to the house of the Lord. Are you following what I'm saying? It could mean regenerated spirits like you and I as we evangelize. And God uses our voice and our ability to reach the lost. And by that, they're taken to God by his working. It could be through the work of the Holy Spirit to convict a man to draw. Like the Paul said one time, I just woke up and said, let me just go to church. And then you came. Whichever way you came, either by, 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 by a believer who led you or by the person of the Holy Spirit, he says you cannot, come, you cannot draw, you cannot come to Jesus except God draws you. And the Bible says, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verses 45, he says, it is written in the prophets. Now he goes back to the prophets, including Isaiah. And he says, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that has heard and has learned of the Father cometh unto me. Now you see, he saw where Isaiah spoke. And then he gave it as a reality and experience 
within the time when he is come on the earth. And he says, no man comes except they are drawn of the Father. But when they do, he will teach them himself. As Isaiah saw that a time is coming where God is going to start teaching men himself. And not that Bible school is bad, but beyond Bible school, he will still teach. That a man does not need to go to your theology seminar to hear God or understand him. Or that it does not disqualify him because he did not study the master's degree that you studied in, in a managing ministry. He says, I will teach them myself. Jesus sees it and then he sees it in your life. And he says, ha, huh, this is the generation the father is going to teach himself. Am I against Bible school? No. I'm talking about the voice that is above Bible school. I'm not talking about theology. <laughs> I'm talking about theophany. God the experience. Not the, the narrative. Somebody shout hallelujah. That beyond what a man can explain to you about God, there's a place where you can experience him as God and experience him beyond any textbook could ever give you, beyond any CD could ever explain to you, beyond any flash disk could ever carry, beyond any YouTube could ever explain. And you learn a place of prayer and seeking his face beyond any instructor can ever give you. Marco Bade, he says, I will teach them and lead them in my ways. So Jesus sees it and confirms what the prophets had seen. And then eventually, he saw it in your time. He had to cling to an old spoken prophecy to establish the course of your destiny because he understood the power of connecting an individual to where they were written. Of connecting somebody to where they were spoken of. Again, you error, not knowing the scriptures, nor their power. Now, let me preach. I was teaching. I was teaching. Now let me preach. When you understand this thing, you start to look for yourself in the Bible. Oh, oh, oh. I said you start to look for yourself in the Bible. If you're sick in your body, Find yourself. What was written of you? What was written of you? If you're poisoned, go through scripture and read what was written of you. He said that they shall step on serpents and scorpions. And if they drink any deadly thing, the Bible says it shall not work harm them. That is what is written of you. And God says, if you can connect to that revelation, grace is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you wake up in the morning and you don't have money in your pocket, what was written of you? Somebody shout hallelujah. And God is saying, instead of borrowing money, instead of blaming your uncle who robbed your money, instead of blaming your sister who, who, who refused you to work, instead of having that, that, that bro with that guy at your workplace who frustrates you every time and speaks evil of you, go back in what was spoken concerning you. 
somebody shout hallelujah glory to God for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your own sex he became what poor that through his poverty it might redound to your what to your wealth you cannot be poor you get a hold of what was your oh, no 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 I'm not just saying getting a hold you 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 become one you 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 understand yourself you see yourself there oh 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 you find yourself there somebody shout hallelujah and before you know you cannot think poverty you cannot think lack you cannot think that you've failed no you, oh But Apostle Grace, that one I believe it. That one I know it is true. But I still need the money. And in Isaiah he says, come without money and buy. So not only do we connect, we find ourselves in the places where even without money, we buy because our currency becomes the communication of our faith that becomes effectual as we acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ. And somebody is still waiting for a job, for a promotion to buy that house, to buy that car, to build that ministry. You have not yet found yourself. What did he speak about your children? Because you cannot put a claim over your child when you have not found yourself. Oh, by the time he says, and your children shall be taught of the Lord. They have to become yours and you have to find yourself in Isaiah 54. So that when they say thy, you remove thy and put your name, Rita. Am I speaking to somebody? He says, they shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Hey, hey, hey. You look at your child and see them being taught. Oh, I'm not just talking about paying fees. I'm talking about the way of the Lord. That your baby will be in bed and dream about angels. That your little boy will be walking to school and he will encounter something that will change his story. That he will learn to say no where you are not. But how do you connect to that kind of power? How is grace brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ? Finding yourself in Scripture. And then you hear somebody saying, oh, you know, Apostle, I don't know, everybody's kid is okay, but I don't know what's wrong with my children. You've not found yourself. The problem is not your children. Oh, slap somebody and tell them the problem is not your children. The problem is yourself. First find yourself. First find yourself. First find yourself. The Bible says, look ye in the book, for it is written, none shall lack her mate. He did not say none shall lack a mate. He said none shall lack her mate. Every woman who wants to marry, her mate exists somewhere. The problem is not men. The problem is finding yourself in Isaiah 34 verse 16. He tells you, seek ye in the book of the Lord and read. None of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. For the mouth of the Lord, it has commanded it. And the spirit 
has gathered them. Gathered who? Connected them. And then you say, I'm, I'm 46. I failed to find a husband. No, you even got it wrong. You're, you're supposed to be found. But before you fa- you're found, you must find yourself. That's what the Bible means. Acquaint yourself with him. Become one with the word that is spoken. Hey, they say this disease doesn't heal. It is true in their world that it doesn't heal. But if you're to die of that disease, it is because you have not found yourself where it cannot kill you. He says, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace or reconciled to him. And he says, thereby good shall come to you. Good shall come to you. Are you following what I'm saying? What if the end of the year comes and they say that we are going to promote a few people? Find yourself. Promotions come neither from the east nor the west nor from the south. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you say, Father, I am promoted. Not I am going to be. I am promoted. Why? Because you're with me. In you I live, move, and have my own being. Oh, I am favored by God. I am favored by God. This is already mine. This job is mine. Even at the interview, you thank God. You thank God. You thank God. One time I was working with a company. Six months before that company, I got a revelation and I walked to a young man who I was working with and I told him in uh, November I will be working in a bank. And my appointment letter read November 1st, 2008. Not 2nd, not 3rd, November 1st, 2008. KCB Bank. Why? Because I found myself. Somebody shout hallelujah. You learn to put debts. And if you're crazy enough, you can even design invitation cards. I, listen, I'm talking about faith. I am not talking about these things you call mental ascent. You know, some of you, if you design cards and it doesn't work, we shall know it wasn't faith. But a man of faith designs cards. The world has, it has an adage. The world says, fake it 
till you make it. In the faith, it is live it because you've made it. <laughs> Slap somebody and tell them that word is yours. Why? Because if you search for yourself in the word, you will find that you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. If you search yourself and find yourself, you realize that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, whether Paul or Apollos, whether things present or things to come, all are yours and ye are Christ. Shout and say, I have made it. That's a man who has found themselves. A man who hasn't yet found themselves, they say, one day I will make it. One day, things will change one day. One day things will change. One day things will change. You're, you're putting, you're, you're throwing in the future what ought to be your past. If the Bible says by his stripes, ye were healed. Do you realize when you find yourself there, it doesn't matter what the doctor called it. Come on. If you find yourself there, I'm not talking about by his stripes, you will be healed. I'm talking about 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, you were healed. Some of you are finding yourselves in Isaiah 53, where by his stripes you are healed. So you've created provision of sickness. So that when you're sick, you are healed. When you're sick, you are healed. When you're sick. But some of us are in 1 Peter 2.24. And every time we find ourselves there, we realize that we cannot be sick. It doesn't matter what is in the blood, we cannot be sick. It doesn't matter what your organ feels like, you can, oh. Shout, find yourself. Some try to get to the top. Some of us are at the top because he said, you shall be the head and not the tail above only. Who has understood it? You shall be above only and thou shall not be beneath. So some of us, we, we live above. And then you hear people say, you know, some days you'll be okay, and then some days... Eh, Mubigani, yeah, I know why you said no. Because the, the people who think like that are not here. But some people say, you know, that's how life is. Sometimes things are going to go up, and then things are going to go down, and things are going to be working, and one day things are not going to be working. Let us be realistic. What do you mean by realistic? What do you mean by realistic? This is realistic. Talk about reality. What is reality? Reality is only in the face of Jesus. The Bible says when Christ 
who is our life our real life he is our life Christ is our life we don't have any life outside Christ is our life he's our real life we don't have any life outside Jesus everything he is you are find yourself I was counseling a believer recently and he told me apostle I'm depressed No, they were lost. They were lost. They were not depressed. A Christian can never be depressed. They can only be lost. Because if they find themselves, if they find themselves, they'll find something called joy unspeakable. full of glory and if they can acquaint and create their essence in there through faith they cannot be depressed they're just lost somebody say I cannot be depressed Rick and then somebody can say but apostle you don't know what I'm going through oh, oh I know I just know more that's beneath. I just know more. And this is what I know. That God has promised us joy unspeakable. Those two cannot work together. You can't be, you can't be with joy unspeakable and depressed. Cannot happen. What is depressing you? Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? No, they're just lost. Somebody says, oh, you know, I don't think I'll make it. But you've made it. You just don't know. You're lost. You've made it. You've made it. You've made it. It is finished. He said on the cross. But it's because when he spoke that, many people were not there where Jesus spoke it from. <laughs> they are not in that portion of scripture. They are trying to fix what was already fixed by heaven. They are lost. Somebody shout hallelujah. Find yourself. Every time, did he not say that all the promises in him are yea, and amen to the glory of the Father. That means if you can find it, if you can believe it, if you can become one with it, if you can see the vision of yourself as it was spoken, that it was for you, there is no way God can say no. Let's get to our feet. Tap somebody and tell him, find yourself. Find yourself. Some of you go on Google to find the symptoms of your body. Pimple on the left thigh. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, but when you, if you know the Bible, when you go, you say, mm -mm. I know who I am. Find yourself. But the Bible has no pimples on the thigh. Yes, because you're not supposed to have them. Hello? Find yourself. Find yourself. Now you're going to correct everything you've spoken wrong. And some of you who now do speak right, you're going to establish whatever you're supposed to speak. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me tell you. Sometimes I read things in the Bible and I'm able to see things not many people can see. And nothing amazes me like what I discovered about myself concerning my assignment on the earth. Fanero, make manifest. It's not just, oh, I sat down and then I said, what name can I give the ministry? And then I looked for a good name and gave it. No. Before I started the ministry, as seeking God about what he wanted me to do. And then in a vision, he placed me somewhere. And in that place, I saw a very clear pattern manifestation not many people even yet know or understand what Fanero is and you've had people's opinions and it's okay because like Judas he didn't know what was spoken or written do you understand what I'm saying but when I found myself in one portion of scripture it was the axis that connected me to every portion of scripture and if you study some of the most remarkable men in human history, especially uh, modern, th this modern history concerning the Pentecostal charismatic evangelical movements, you'll see that many of these men have a specific scripture wherein they found themselves. As an evangelist who used to always say, Jesus the same yesterday, today and forever. He was not saying it because it was the line he wanted to stick in the minds of men. He found himself in that portion of scripture and has done a remarkable healing ministry until he went to be with the Lord. When you study Catherine Kuhlman, she has a scripture that she always had. Continuously, she found herself in one and the Lord built or weaved the rest of this narrative but from one common place of vision where she found herself. Are you following what I'm saying? Every remarkable minister in the world tagged to something scriptural, found themselves therein, and from that very light, they saw the full picture of God. And when that vision is clear, then the assignments start. We don't just wake up and start ministry. You must find yourself first. I know when I'll die. 
I know, I know, I know my life. It's very clear. Because I, I know where I belong here. I have, I know how this ministry goes. I know many of you who are with me in Mukono when we're still 20, 50, 30. Everything I have spoken has come to pass. Everything. You know why? Because we're not living this life by mistake. We're not guessing how we are our course. It is written of us. We're in a volume of a book. We just found ourselves while some are still struggling to find themselves and they're, they're, they're frustrating the grace of God in their lives by hanging or clicking to other men's experiences. They're only smelling the essence of what other priests burn. And that is why they're frustrating their own ministry. Find your own place with God and allow Him to define you. Allow Him to consecrate you. Allow Him to establish you. Allow Him to align you. Allow Him to calibrate your conscience. In this understanding, you'll be so amazed at how everything in life will become predictable. You will not need a prophet to speak in your life. Every prophet who will come your way will only be confirmed what you already know about yourself because you came in a volume of what was already written. Are you following what I'm saying? Without finding yourself somewhere as an anchor, the Bible says that, that, that it's, like, it's like an anchor. These two things, the, his oath and, 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 and the, 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 the swearing by which he has promised. The Bible says that the, this, the immutability of this counsel is like that anchor that holds us in the presence of God. It's like that anchor that holds a ship. That regardless of whatever happens, it's still anchored. It's held somewhere. Every man must define, find that definition of anchor in the things of God and know where you begin your ministry from, where you begin your marriage from, where you begin your parenthood from, where you begin your career from, where you begin your business from. So that whenever things are, are disturbing or frustrating, you know what holds you within God. That's called stability. Open your mouth and speak to God. Speak to God. Passion words have a true change in me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, all oh, let the ancient words burn. Shabbat Come on, speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. Holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world. Every sound with cause and heart, oh, let the ancient words emerge. Words of life, words 
of hope, give us strength, help us call in this world where we roam, urgent words will guide us, urgent words ever turn to me. We have come, oh, come on, pray. changes something changes tonight something changes tonight you come in the volume of what was written you come in the volume of what was written it was written one day that you would be here aligning your story rebuilding your vision establishing yourself in the way of the Lord that is how I know that sickness is far from you that is how I know that regardless of how much you have gone through God still has a plan for you God still has a plan for you tell God tonight I'm changing a lot Tonight I'm connecting myself, I'm acquainting myself, I'm finding myself in you, I'm discovering the person you have made me to be. My assignment gets clarified, my mandate gets clarified, my ways defined. 
you will not die early you cannot die early because you came to fulfill something I said you came to fulfill something if you're a minister and you're here let me decree as a prophet and an apostle of God that your ministry is leaping higher and faster than it has ever been before why because you came to fulfill something let me decree over every minister at the sound of my voice that your ministry cannot and will not fail because you were called for something older than you bigger than you mightier than you and that you connect to something older than you that those that are fighting now are too late father i thank you because it is so let me decree on those that are about to settle in marriage that you will not want your mate you will not want your mate let me decree over every student that goes to school i see that you have graduated already fees will never be a problem in the mighty name of jesus let me speak over the business people i see that your projects are given your contracts are signed by those that matter i see 2023 and i see that there is money waiting for you there is provision waiting for you there's progress waiting for you. There's advantage waiting for you already. There are problems coming in the world. And God has already created a solution through you. It's in the inside of your spirit. Let me speak to those working people. I see that your organization needs you. I see that they see that you're the head. You're the CEO. You are above. You deserve to be promoted. And you are promoted already. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Give him a mighty help of praise. Oh, the barren has children already. Glory to God. Glory to God. The sick were healed. I see somebody with an incurable disease. And I see you in September. I see you in December. I see you next week. I see you testifying. You're telling people it left. The doctors can't find it in my blood. My liver is working right. My organs are working right. My kidneys are healed. That's what I see. I see you testifying. Because it is written of you. None in Zion shall say, I am sick. Give the Lord a mighty praise. There's anybody here and you say today, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because it was written of me that I would come this day and receive your Lordship. Today, I believe in my heart that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. My life changes. 
Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.